Hello, everyone. It's your favorite homeboy, Zach Iconic Thomas. Welcome into So Far, So Hood, the place for those who are misunderstood, baby. This is your home. Kick your feet up. Let's talk about some things and let's spill some tea. It's recording. It's recording. Oh, oh, we on another episode of So Far So Hood. What's up? What's goody? What's goody in the hoodie? Y'all, what? What a fucking week. Girl, I'm not even gonna cut. I'm not even gonna cut out the cussing or whatever. I don't care. What a fucking week. Because this week, people have been on it. They have been on it like bonnets. Like, they have been on it like bonnets. It's been ridiculous. I don't know what's going on with the moon or with the ocean waves or why people have been acting crazy. But yeah, it's been wild town for real. But how are you? And how are things? And... Welcome back to another week. So far, so hood, right? So far, so hood. We're back. If you're listening, you made it. You made it through, and it's okay. You're a survivor. You're a survivor. Yes. Yes. But for real, we are here again with more headlines, more shit to talk about, and just like this fucking week, these headlines seem to be... We're just doing anything now to anybody. Like, wow. Wowzers. Wowzers. Well, before we get into that, I'm your host, Zach Iconic Thomas. Make sure you have rated the podcast on Apple Podcasts because that's how we get boosted up in the algorithm, okay? In the algorithm, all right? And make sure you have followed us on Instagram at So Far So Hood Show. That's where we hang out, all right? That's where we hang out for now because soon I'll set up a Gmail and maybe a Discord. But for right now, the Instagram, child, that's where you're going to want to go. And child, the Instagram, the Instagram is where you want to go because that's where we hang out. And that's where I'm going to be posting more, more memes, more funny stuff. That's where the So Far So Hood hub is. OK, that's the hangout session. Like, you know, have you ever played Club Penguin? That's like that's where we hang out and we get into some things. All right. So don't miss out on that. So let's get into the weekly run up where we run up on the bullshit that's happened this week because there's been so much bullshit, 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 just bullshit everywhere. And after we talk about that bullshit, our topic for today will be prejudice and the the power of prejudice and how it takes on multiple forms and the the effects of it. So that's going to be another in-depth topic that you should very you should really listen to if you care. I mean, if you want to go out and be doing hate crimes and all that stuff, then maybe you don't want to listen to this topic. But if you actually care about your brothers and your sisters and everyone around you, then, yeah, that topic, you're going to eat it up. So. In this weekly run-up, we will be talking about the beautiful Kamala Harris. We will be talking about Lizzo. And then we will be talking about the baby. So you know how that's gonna go. You know exactly how those three topics are gonna go. All right. You know how this, you know how it is. I told you on the first episode. The first episode was like nice, like, oh, first day of school. Here we are. Now we're like. In the third week of school, the teacher's getting pissed off with the bullshit. She's cussing everybody out for no reason. She won't let you go to the bathroom. It's giving me very much that. And that's what we're about to get into today. 
We begin this weekly roundup by talking about Vice President Harris. And let me preface by explaining my love for Vice President Harris. I have a very extensive history with um, Miss Harris because I have been rooting for her since my junior year of high school, which was 2018. So I've been ahead of the game. Now everyone knows who Vice President Harris is, and now everyone has an opinion on the Vice President and this, that, and the third. But before that, it was me. I always stated that she would be an amazing president. And when she ran for president in 2020, that's who I originally supported. I didn't originally support Joe Biden. I was a Kamala supporter because she was she was the person for the job. And I could see I could see the the talent and the the special abilities in this woman. And then she gets tapped to be vice president. And it's just an all around moment. Like, wow, like I always knew she had it in her and she has it in her to keep going. And let's let's <laughs> they trying it. They trying it. They, they really trying it with vice president Harris. So the importance of Vice President Harris really is it's overlooked like everything attached to a person of color is overlooked because she was a very important role in helping Joe Biden win the presidency. Literally the day that Joe Biden announced that Ms. Harris would be his running mate, he raised twenty six million dollars in 24 hours, twenty six million dollars. You know how much money that is? That's a whole lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. Mm. I put on my jewelry just to go out by the pool and I keep it with me just so that I act a fool. Oh, that's a whole lot of money. That's a whole lot of money. Just from him tapping the first woman of color to be his vice president. And there would be no one else better for the job. No white man, no white woman. No one else would be a better pick for Joe Biden to be for Joe Biden's running mate. It would be Kamala Harris. And that's always how it's been. It's not about identity politics, as they say. It's about who's the best for the job and who settles into the job very gracefully. And that's what she did. That's what Miss Kamala Harris did. And being the political juggernaut that she is and being so charismatic, she's a very beautiful woman. She, like I said, she settled into the job of vice president very greatly, very smoothly, especially since, you know, the last administration didn't want to leave. And they just a Mike Pence literally left the vice president's house a mess. Like he probably left his toothbrush on the counter. There's probably white hairs all over. The, it was probably a mess. I bet the milk was still in the fridge from um, December 3rd. I bet he left it a mess. But still, Kamala Harris settled into the vice presidency. Great. So due to that, there is a secret media campaign against the vice president. This is something nobody really talks about. Like most of the things I bring up on this podcast, there is a secret media campaign against the vice president. And it's very low key and it's very subtle and it's very slick because if you look up Kamala Harris and any any. You can look her up on YouTube, Google. It's always usually going to be something negative. You never see about the things she's doing that's helping the Biden administration, the things that she's doing that's causing her to trailblaze as the vice president, her being the most visible vice president in history. 
You never see those things. You never see those things being talked about. But instead, it's always something negative. And you know why it's something negative? Because they know she's going to be the first female president. And they don't want that. And they don't want that. But guess what? You can't stop it. You can't stop it. You can't get rid of me, bitch. You can't get rid of me, bitch. You can't get rid of me, bitch. That's what Miss Miss Harris is saying. Because guess what? She's not going anywhere. This is ridiculous. And... I, I say this because, you know, Twitter, Twitter, the bird app, the craziest, the craziest shit would just pop up on this bird app. And it'd just be like, oh, my God, this headline, this headline is so offensive. I, I need to throw up in my mouth just a little bit. I have to throw up in my mouth just a little bit. So this pretty much says I'm not even going to say who even wrote this shit because it it pretty much says. Kamala Harris has become the most unpopular U.S. vice president six months into an administration since at least the 1970s, according to polls. Let me tell you something, bitch. Let me tell you something. All right. There is a difference between being unpopular and everyone having an opinion on you. All right. There is a big difference between that. Just because everyone knows Vice President Harris and no one knew the other vice presidents, that does not make her unpopular. That means there are a lot of white supremacists who are, their panties are truffling. Their panties are, they're, they are bunched up and they don't know what to do about the first black woman being on her way to the, the presidency. They don't know what to do and they're panicked. They're panicked and I would be too. So if you see all these negative things about Vice President Harris and you're just like, hold on, why was this never brought up when Mike Pence was vice president. Why was this stuff never brought up when Joe Biden was vice president? Why was this stuff not brought up when Al Gore was vice president? You know why. You know why. I know why. They know why. We know why. We all know why they're picking on Vice President Harris. And we're, don't don't let the don't let the ship chink. Oh damn! Oh oh! Y'all heard that? Don't let the ship sink before it even sails away because we're going to we're going to get her to the presidency. Whether they like it or not, I don't care who wants to stop it. It's happening. OK, OK. And if you're actually concerned with what Vice President Harris is doing right now, because if you look it up, you will never find out what she's actually doing on the job. Like she's she's not a legislator anymore. She's not a senator. She is vice president. She's in the executive branch. She governs. She, she governs. So you never really see about what she's doing. But currently, by the time this podcast is released, she should be on her way to being the first vice president to ever visit Vietnam. And she's rebuilding our global partnerships and keeping our nation, nation secure. And she's continuing the work and she's deepening engagement in South Southeast Asia. So she's rebuilding our global standing around the world. So she's working domestically. She's working internationally. Please be respectful to Vice President Harris, please. And it's Vice President Harris. It's not Kamala. She's not your homegirl. She's not your mama. She's not your auntie. It's Vice President Harris. So, yeah, we will continue to battle off the racism and the sexism, and we're going to continue supporting our vice president. In other news, we have some music tings, some music tings that we're about to get into. And baby, things are cooking up. Things are cooking up and the grease is popping. The grease is popping. 
because Lizzo, I'm about to cry. Lizzo is coming, y'all. Lizzo is coming. And this is what I have been asking for. I've been asking for this all year. Three-time Grammy Award winner Lizzo will be dropping new music on August 13th. That's right. You heard me. Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky, spooky, ooky, ooky. Yes, Friday the 13th, Lizzo will be dropping new music. Mark your calendars because this is a big motherfucking deal. This is a big fucking deal. It's Lizzo. It's Lizzo. Me and you know. Me and you know. You have bopped to Lizzo. And you know at least three Lizzo songs, all right? The song would be called Rumors. And I know it's going to be a hit. I will, I'm going to review it on this show. And it's going to be... I know it's going to be iconic. I know it's going to be iconic because... I've been listening to Lizzo for a long time, just like with Miss Vice President, Madam Vice President. I mean, I have been before the I've been before the the hype. I've always been before the hype. I was listening to Truth Hurts before it blew up. I've been listening to Lizzo since she released Coconut Oil. All right. Y'all don't even know what coconut, coconut oil is. Y'all probably like, what? Coconut oil. She got some products out. She got some um some moisturizer out. No, that's a song she has out from back in the day. Back in the Dizzy. All right. So I really respect Lizzo and her talents. She's pioneering the music industry as a beautiful black woman. And that's all we can ask for. And she's so talented. She twerks and plays the flute. Who else does it? Who else does it? I don't know. Does your fave do it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But stay tuned for that. I hope she releases a music video alongside that because I need to be gooped and gagged. I need to be gooped and gagged. So now back to the um the bullshit because I wanted to put in a little moment of happiness before we start talking about the baby. I know. I know. I know. Y'all have heard about it time and time and again. This is probably the, the 19th time you've heard about it, but I don't give a damn because I have something I need to say. I definitely have something I need to say about the baby's daddy. The baby's daddy, he needs to... Uh-uh, this is wild. This is so wild. So, at the Rolling Loud Music Festival in Miami, Florida... I believe this was around July 25th. Yeah, this has been a everlasting developing story in this bitch. The baby went on a rant on stage where he said, if you ain't show up today with HIV AIDS or any of them deadly diseases that make you die in two to, two to three weeks, push your cell phone light up in the air, up in the air. That's how he said it. And if you aren't, if you aren't sucking diggling in the parking lot, push your cell phone light in the air. That's pretty much what he said. And wow, wow. People are very concerned about things that they claim to not do or be involved with. And your mind is already there, sir. So you've already been caught. You've already brought yourself out of the closet. It's okay at this point. And after that, he, I don't know if that was before or after, but then he brought out um, Tory Lane's little raisinette-looking ass. He brought him out in order to shade, shade Megan The Stallion. And then he dropped the music video that night or the next day, I believe. Yeah, he thought he ate that up. He thought he ate that all the way up. Well, guess what? He's getting dragged now. He's getting dragged by his, his boosie fade. He's getting dragged by his boosie fade. It's been ridiculous. It's been an onslaught of dragging. At this point, I'm just like, should I even cuss him out? Because I'm late to the game. I'm really late to the game because he's been cussed out, dropped, dropped, kicked. It's been like, damn, damn. You should really watch your mouth. You should really watch your mouth. All right. 
Watch what you say about the community that it's really, it's not straight black men who were even supporting the baby at first. They were clowning his ass. They were clowning his ass. It was black women and really black gay men that were low key feeling the baby. So look at you. You played yourself and you dropped the bag. Ah ha, ah ha, So the nappy, the nappy, after the nappy made them the nasty comments, he attempted to smooth over the situation, I guess, by going on Instagram live and just making it. 10 times worse, 10 times worse. (laughs) He said on Instagram, my gay fans don't have AIDS, niggas. (laughs) He said, my gay fans don't have AIDS. They ain't no nasty gay niggas. They ain't no nasty gay niggas. The baby, the baby 2021. I need that on the shirt. They ain't no nasty gay niggas. How it what what I just keep I keep hearing that in my head. Why do you care? Why do you care? Oh mm-mm. So that was just that was just epic. When he said that, that just made things even more epic. Because he got snatched away from Rolling Loud, Lollapalooza, I don't know which, whatever the fuck, whichever motherfucking festival it was, he got snatched from it, snatched. And so he went your typical um, notes app, 12 times New Roman font, um, black background, white font. He went your typical, I'm going to have my team type of apology for me. And he released this August 2nd and it says... Social media moves so fast that people want to demolish you before you even have the opportunity to grow, educate, and learn from your mistakes. As a man who has had to make his own way from very difficult circumstances, having people I know publicly work against me, knowing that what I needed was education on these topics and guidance has been challenging. I appreciate the many people who came to me with kindness, who reached out to me privately to offer wisdom, education, and resources. That's what I needed. And it was received. I want to apologize to the LGBTQ plus community for the hurtful and triggering comments I have made. Again, I apologize for my misinformed comments about HIV AIDS, and I know education on this is important. Love to all. God bless the baby. Your team did so good writing that. They wrote the hell out of it. They wrote that. They wrote that like me when it's 1150. And it's about to be 11.59. I got to turn in my shit. They wrote the hell out of that. Because that's not even how the baby talks. That's not even how he talks. You, do you think we're stupid? Do you really think we're stupid? Hmm. Well, ain't nobody fucking stupid. Because as of August 3rd, August 3rd, the baby has been dropped from Lollapalooza, Park Life, The Governor's Ball, Day in Vegas, Music Midtown, iHeartRadio, The Daytime Stage, Austin City Limits, and he's going to be dropped by multiple festivals. I don't think he'll ever perform at a festival. And if he does, it's probably going to be at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum at For All I Care. And many people don't even know what the hell I'm talking about when I say that, because He's going to be performing in your backyard. <laughs> Hold on. Somebody said he's going to be performing in the parking lot. No. 
<laughs> this weekly run-up was too damn much. We're about to take a quick break before we go into our topic about the power of prejudice and the multiple forms of prejudice that there is. And we need to take this break because, damn, them headlines. I feel like the baby. I feel like I didn't got snatched the fuck up. So Hood is back, and we are jumping into our topic of the power of prejudice. Yes, the super monster that is prejudice. And the reason why I decided on this topic for this week is because with everything that's happening with Vice President Harris and the comments made by the baby, it's it's been emphasized that prejudice is more apparent than ever but it's so invincible at the same time and it's, it's very hard to spot it in these days that's why I really wanted to explain it from a younger perspective because I don't see younger gay black men who really hone in on analyzing this stuff because it's a sad reality that we face in modern age like it hasn't gone away it's just it has mutated into a different form. It's in social media. It's in every single thing you do and in how you present yourself. It's always taking into account that you are a gay black man, regardless of people want to think that or not. As a gay black man, it's very difficult because I live in South Mississippi. So being surrounded by people who you constantly, you constantly feel like you have to defend yourself whether it's it's open bigotry like those who carry around confederate flags or it's those closest to you who you feel like wow was that done because of simply the way i was born is that are they treating me that way simply because i'm different from everyone and it affects me on a daily basis more than people know and more than i show because it's really something that you just you have to survive through it and the things that people are going to throw at you just because you simply have you're you're simply a minority and a double minority at that and when looking at these issues i'm very intricate and very observed observative about how people approach racial issues and the littlest things that they do to where it's just like Hmm, do you really care about your black brothers and your black sisters? Do you really care about your LGBTQ brothers and sisters and all those who who feel outcasted? And it's just like the privilege people have and the privilege they wear is like, wow, you're not openly that way, but you still wear that privilege whether you realize it or not. It's very hard to to see that privilege, that privilege and to understand it because you're not visually able to to like see how behind gay people are and how behind black people are in this society. 
Amazon just released a study to where they said if everyone started out with adequate opportunities and an economic a proper economic standing that there would be 10 times as many LGBTQIA entrepreneurs out there right now. And that's a lot. That's a big gap simply because we we don't have the support that we need growing up. We we fight these battles from the outside world and then we go home and we fight these same battles. So it puts us behind more than people can really understand and comprehend. There's still so much that comes with being a gay black man that people don't know and that people don't understand because there's no representation. Not everyone feels seen by a particular type of figure. For instance, I don't really feel represented by represented by Lil Nas X. Like, I don't think he really he really represents what I really stand for because there's so many Every single gay black man is their own person with their own interests. And that's why I started this podcast, because I really wanted to elaborate on the different views of what a a gay black man could be, what a gay black man can like and talk about and review, like talking about Hannah Montana, talking about politics, talking about whatever the hell I wanted to, because you don't really see people like me getting to have that opinion and have it. To where people are going to listen to them and be like, oh, I actually value what this guy is saying and what he's speaking about right now. And it's a constant battle. It's a constant daily battle because you have to. It takes on different forms and different beasts, for instance, like the baby situation. You really, as a gay black man, you have so much conflict with straight black men, because let me tell you something. Straight black men are so insecure. They are so insecure and they're so they're just mentally developed and they're hurt because of the way they're raised in the black community, because we are raised in a way to where you just have to really you have to carry yourself a certain way. You can't do certain things. You have to be a certain way. It's very intricate and. It makes you really insecure when you're growing up, but you can't be insecure. You have to suppress that and quote unquote, be a man. So these straight black men, they grow up and they see all these, these openly gay black men who are happy living their lives, doing what they want to do, not giving a damn what anybody thinks. And they're just, they are, they're channeling that childhood trauma. And it's just like, wow, let me take this out on the gay black men instead of other straight men, because that's a battle that I constantly have had to face with straight black men. And it's not equally as bad with black women because honestly, it's it's probably a more harsh story, a harsher story for my black trans sisters who just because they embody their feminine side they're often judged by by black women and made fun of just because they are embracing their feminine side. And everyone's allowed to do that. You don't pay anybody's motherfucking bills. And it's just like from all angles, you're really getting it and having to fight a constant battle. The reason why I'm the man I am today is because ever since I was a child, I have had to fight to be the way I wanted to be. Like... Every single thing I got 
It's because I fought for it, not because I was allowed to have it or encouraged to have it. I didn't want no damn G.I. Joe. I wanted my Hannah Montana. I wanted my Hannah Montana apparel. I wanted to get my Hannah Montana life. I wanted to live my fantasy. I wanted to be who I wanted to be. And simply just because you like Hannah Montana doesn't mean you're going to grow up to be gay. But I just I always knew that it was going to be an uphill battle. Because to do the things that my mind just loved doing, I was just like, damn, even as a kid, I was like, I'm going to have to really climb up this hill to get what the hell I wanted. I had to throw a damn fit to get some damn Hannah Montana soap from damn Dollar Tree. I had to throw a whole damn fit. And guess what? When I woke up in the morning, I guarantee you that Hannah Montana soap was on that damn bathtub. Shit. Mess with me. Guh. Guh, please. Guh, please. So when people tell you that your race has nothing to do with it or your sexuality, your sexual orientation has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Say that today after everything that's happened with Black Lives Matter and everything that's been put on a scale for you to see. Say that today, because I've had people say that to me and it's just gone over everyone's heads. And it's just so disgusting because, you know, it has something to do with everything. It has something to do with everything. When you put these labels on people like angry, aggressive, you tarnish their name because they're already black. They're already gay. They already have that reckoning against them. And you, as a privileged person, put those labels on people and you tarnish their name. So instead of just celebrating gay people on Pride Month, instead of just celebrating black people for Black History Month, don't be so cold to your friends and to other souls in general. Don't be so cold when it comes to talking about these issues and asking people, are you okay? Like, are things good? Because let me tell you something. It's not just the privileged people who don't think about this stuff. It's literally the gay people themselves, the black men themselves who don't think about how these things affect their lives. They don't think because there's no one asking. There's no one bringing awareness, awareness to these topics. And before you know it, you're going to have a midlife crisis at 20 years old. So don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it because that's going to be very concerning. The freest thing and the easiest thing you could constantly do to help is to stay educated about these issues and to listen when people tell you things about these are my pronouns. This is how I want to be addressed. Don't talk to me like that. Don't say that in a certain way. You listen to those things and you take that in. And if you're not going to help, get the fuck out the way. All right. That's also how you can help. If you're not going to help, get the fuck out the way. That is a beautiful thing you can do. Get the fuck out the way. Because. Like I said, prejudice has so many forms and it's more in depth than than many people know. And even minorities themselves, they can even comprehend how in depth prejudice can be. So I want I want you to realize that if you are different, you shouldn't ever want to be anybody else. If you are a minority, if you are a double minority, you should never want to be anybody else at the end at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you should want to be yourself. You should be comfortable in your skin because guess what? It's there to make you stronger. 
and it's there to make you wiser because you are you're automatically gifted with something even though it's it puts you behind you're gifted with something at the same time you're gifted with that awareness of i know myself enough to know who i am and what i stand for and how my lifestyle can affect me and how people are going to come at me. Once you understand those things, it makes it easier for you to go forward. Because let me tell you something. I wouldn't want to be anybody else. I wouldn't want to be anybody else. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be anybody motherfucking else. Even though it's hard as fuck and people constantly come at me for no reason just because I'm different. I guarantee you if I was of a different sexual orientation of or a different race, it would be a different story. But instead of complaining and having your sob story, write your triumph story. Give these bitches a reason to motherfucking be mad because guess what? They got so mad because Barack Obama is having a birthday party in his mansion. They're like, oh, look at Barack Obama's mansion. Yeah, guess what? He's rich, bitch, and he's shitting all over your motherfucking existence. How? All right, so get mad, get mad, hillbillies. So we're gonna take another quick break and we're gonna come back with Zach Excellence. That segment, you know, that's our segment. So we will be right back. We are back with our Zach Excellence segment of the week. And today we will be talking about a beautiful black trans woman. Her name is Marsha P. Johnson. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Marsha. So Marsha P. Johnson was an activist, a self-identified drag queen, performer, and survivor. She was a prominent figure in the Stonewall Uprising of 1969. Marsha went by Black Marsha before settling on Marsha P. Johnson. The P stood for pay it no mind, which is what Marsha would say in response to questions about her gender. Marsha was extremely successful and toured the world as a successful drag queen. Her forthright nature and enduring strength led her to speak out against injustices. On June 28, 1969, at the Stonewall Inn on Christopher Street, things turned very violent after members of the LGBTQ community were harassed by the NYPD 6th Precinct. Many eyewitnesses have identified Marsha as one of the main instigators of the uprising and thus some have recognized her as the vanguard of the gay liberation movement in the United States. Following the events of at Stonewall, her friend Sylvia Rivera co-founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, which is short for STAR, and they became fixtures in the community, helping homeless transgender youth. STAR provided services, including shelter to homeless LGBTQ people in New York, Chicago, California, and England for a few years in the early 1970s, but it would eventually be disbanded. On July 6, 1992, Marsha Johnson's body was found in the Hudson River off 
West Village Piers. The police ruled that she had committed suicide despite claims from her friends and others that Marsha was not suicidal. 25 years later, Victoria Cruz, a crime victim advocate from New York City, and she reopened the case and it was made into a Netflix documentary. So if you want to watch that and get the full story of Miss Marsha P. Johnson, you can do that because Mama is the prototype and the blueprint for drag culture and liberation, the liberation movement of gay rights and from the Stonewall Inn. And so it's very important to highlight a black trans figure in history. And yes, Marsha P. Johnson is Zach Excellence for the week. Yes. So we have come to the end of So Far So Hood. What a motherfucking episode, y'all. What a motherfucking episode. This one, this one has been crazy. This one has been fucking crazy. Please make sure to review me on iTunes. Rate and review me on iTunes, please. Have you done that? Have you done that? Have you rate and reviewed me on iTunes? Because it needs to happen. That's the most important thing you could do. Please, thank you. Thank you. I love you. And... Follow the show Instagram at so far so hit show. You can follow my Instagram at Zach underscore iconic underscore Thomas. And yeah, until next week, you guys, what the hell? We already are at the end of this episode. Yeah. So check it with me next week so we can make sure our lives stay so far so hood. Thank you for listening. I love you very much. Good night and good morning. <laughs>